Welcome to Mint. My name is Adam Levy, and I'm going to be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. This episode welcomes William Bailey, founder and CEO of Bolero Music, a platform that brings artists and fans closer together by investing in music through social tokens and NFTs. In this episode, we discuss what Bolero looks for in an artist that joins their platform, the current state of music NFTs, understanding the value behind social tokens and how to monetize social tokens, tokenomics in general, the creator virtual circle, how do we bring off-chain music data on-chain, how can we convert more listeners into collectors, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. William, welcome to Mint, my friend. How are you doing? Thank you for being on. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's a real yes. pleasure to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, very, very excited to have you part of season four. You guys are doing some cool stuff at Bolero, okay? Um, yeah. I think you're actually one of the uh, only platforms or one of the only platforms I've came across that's actually focusing on the social token side uh, for for the music industry in particular. Um, there's other platforms doing other social token related stuff, but I like yours specifically because of the, the, the music social token angle. But before we get even into there, okay, who are you? What does the world need to know about you? Uh, and how'd you kind of get your start into crypto? Yeah, that's a good place to start. So yes, <laughs> uh, I'd say that. Uh, so my name is William Bailey. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Bolero. So um, before jumping in Web3, I was already working in tech. So I've spent almost four years working in an AI company, basically doing some product stuff and business de development stuff. And um, yeah, during the year of 2019, I was going down the rabbit hole in Web3, basically learning everything about Web3 blockchain. And um, I discovered DeFi. Uh, and I was also writing a thesis about the sharing economy and the opportunity of tokenization uh, in this space. Um, so after the first lockdown and uh, like all this COVID crisis, uh, I was basically like everyone uh, wondering what I was doing with my life and if I could probably do something more meaningful. And uh, during the summer of 2020, um, I had this like brutal idea. Actually, I had a few friends in the in the music industry struggling to make a living from their art, and uh, I was wondering if we could be able to tokenize them and let people invest in them. So it was the it was the genesis of Bolero. So I basically quit my job um, in September 2020. Uh, I went to Le Wagon, which is a coding bootcamp to basically learn web programming. Uh, during this bootcamp, I, I met Arthur, who is the co-founder and CTO of Bolero. And uh, because we had uh, a little unemployment compensation period in front of us, uh, we thought it would be a great idea to, to test something related to the idea of investing in music. So this is what we started. Um, yeah, starting from December 2020, during three months, we have programmed the first version of Bolero nice. by ourselves. And then uh, April 2021, we've released the first beta version, uh, nice. which was basically, back at the time, a simple web app on which you could invest in more than 50 artists uh, buy their tokens and access exclusive rewards. So yeah, uh, it's been a hell of a ride since then, actually. And I'm pretty happy, pretty excited to be in this space, really feeling like, you know, a pioneer, but not, not because it's cool for me or for the team working at Bolero, but it's super like energizing to be working for artists, for the music yeah. industry and to try to shape something like fairer in the future yeah. for the music. So actually, before we even get to the type of artists that you guys are looking after, what fair really means, what value means, because these are all things I want to kind of talk about. Are you a musician? Like, yeah, you are. Okay, because I, I always ask that because a lot of the builders that I come across in the music scene end up coming from a like a deep music background of some sort. And deep can mean they've either played in bands, they've either produced or engineered music, um, they're either DJs or whatever, and they just pivoted into the, the music business side of things. So yes, you have. What what did you grow up playing? Or did you grow up playing? Give me some context on that. Actually, man, like music has always been something really important in my life. Uh, the way I was like 
um, having a relationship with my father, the way um, like it has a lot of weight in my family. Everybody's listening to music, mm. but you know, everybody's passionate about music. So we all have um, a huge culture regarding music. So obviously I started to play guitar when I was a teenager. Um, I was like really passionate about this stuff, rock and roll, like basically, you know, the first musical genres that you love when you're young. Yeah. Um, and then I've discovered like electronic music. Uh, so I started to buy some vinyls to try to scratch some, yeah, just set, you know, but just for the love of music. So I, I was not trying to become a musician because I think that you really have to be a special talent inside of you uh, to become an artist. Um, but I knew deep inside of my heart that someday I would join this music industry and try to do something. And um, just for you to understand the perspective and how we sure. are building this company and what are like the background of people joining Bolero, the pitch is pretty simple. It's a team of insiders and outsiders joining forces for the better. So we have tech people really passionate about the blockchain perspective of the company. And we have music people. So people who have seen all the issues from the inside and getting a way to try to fix those issues in another company. Got so, it. yeah, I think that's so, so let me ask you, what are the, like, the, the types of artists you guys are after? Okay, Because there seems to be a shift uh, in terms of the love for independent artists uh, to already established artists that have labels and have backings, like what are you guys after, or does it matter, and why? Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. So, 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 so actually, we are looking at all the musical genres. Um, okay. It doesn't matter since it's music, it's cool. Um, but what we are really trying to see, and this is why also we 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 affirm that we are curating the catalog of Bolero, we are really trying to find like potentials, because. If you are telling to your users that they can invest in an artist, you have better to propose like to offer artists who will grow in the future. So what we are only looking at is what is the current situation of the artist, where he or she is in her or his uh, career arc, and uh, what would be like the best uh, trajectory in the coming 12 months. So. It's just a way to protect the users because you don't want to invest in an artist, someone who will like run away with the cash. You are doing that for the passion. You are doing that because you love music and you, you want to become like more than a fan. So you don't want to see scams. So yeah, only looking at like the state of the career. Got it. Got it. So it doesn't matter if they're independent or they're already established. That, that doesn't really come into account. Nope. And also we are working with, uh, and I know that it's sometimes uh, a little bit tricky to say that, but we like definitely uh, own it. We okay. are also working with the majors, with the record labels, because okay. we believe that there are young people inside the majors who want to change the paradigm. Yeah. So we are working hand in hand with everybody, just trying to offer the best experience to the auditors and the final users, because at the end, they are the one who decide. Right. So right. you better have like the artists they love in your catalog if you want to build something meaningful. Yeah. William, from your point of view, what do you think is the current state of music NFTs in 2022? Um, I think it's really early. We are still at the point of experimentation. Um, I think that's like... So we are at the end of January 2022. Um, right. People are still trying to find like the killer use case. But I definitely think that the killer use case depends on the artist category. If someone is an emerging artist or a youngster, a rookie, I think that the killer use case is unleashing the artist from all the tensions, all the financial tensions he can meet. But for an established artist or a global artist, the killer use case is how music NFTs help him or her to fidelize the fan base mm -hmm. and still grow their career, even if they are already on the top. So it really depends. I think we are seeing a lot of like pretty interesting dynamic uh, around this topic. Um, 
like we are seeing exclusive tracks, so tracks that will not be like um, distributed on traditional platforms. Okay. We are seeing uh, ticketing initiatives, so backstage, uh, like yeah, backstage tickets, VIP tickets, and all that stuff. Uh, we are seeing like uh, pictures, all like all the story behind covers, album records, and finally we are, and I think that the value is definitely here. We are seeing some master shares NFTs. Master shares. That, yeah. And I think that this is the sweet spot for both artists and fans. Because for a simple reason, I think that an artist is totally open to give away five or ten points on their masters if they if they can have like the kind of advance, if they can have like if they can benefit from a mo money like before making money with streaming or radio. And I think that there's nothing more powerful for a fan than owning a piece of a song that is distributed on the platforms. So I think that the killer use case is here and we are still building it. And until artists didn't like, like really like take over the topic, uh, we still have a long way to go, but it's definitely super exciting. And it's my own point of view. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. We'll see in six yeah. months. Well, no, you, you guys have taken like a pretty substantial bet as social token. So you guys brand the project. Okay. And, uh, and the intention here is not necessarily to show the project rather to understand more of the mechanics, right? Because we are in the experimentation phase. We're seeing music NFTs as the, as the medium for collecting songs, right? Buying tickets, but you guys are trying to introduce this concept of social tokens for music artists. Sure, we have other platforms that are exploring uh, social tokens as well, but this one's is the this one's the first platform that I'm seeing for uh, for music artists for the most part, at least. Okay, why are social tokens a better medium for or value capture than NFTs? And maybe it's not necessarily better. Okay, maybe each have their own respective category for value capture. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. Um... So actually, I think they are complementary. Okay. Like I think that they are they are working well together. Um, we have like we chose the social tokens as the basics of Bolero because we believe that it's the easiest way to take a stake in an artist's career and to help the artists to be propelled through the career. Um, the basics of the social tokens at Bolero is that we have. An algorithm that we have called the index and thanks to this algorithm we are able to assess each artist's progress on a weekly basis so we are like gathering 30 different data points which are basically related to streaming social media radio playlisting uh concerts tours um and yeah based on this assessment we are able to give a score to each artist. This score is a figure. And thanks to this figure, which is, again, updated on a weekly basis, we are able to track the artist's progress and we are able to give rational valuation to the artist. And I think that this is where the hack is. It's the ability to give a proper valuation to a creator based on the fact that his or her image is pretty subjective. Mm -hmm. But based on these figures, you can give a proper valuation. And then yeah. the, the, the whole social token aspect as an asset, because it's a financial asset, this whole aspect is now like worthy for the user. And um, it's also a nice way to see the evolution of your investment. And if the artist you are believing in is progressing. So this is the like the whole like um, yeah mathematics behind our mm -hmm. social token, and we chose this specific type of token because we believe that with the NFTs, if you use NFTs collection as a way to take a stake in an artist's career, you are like not helping your fans who don't have a lot of money, because when you are simply releasing music, maybe you are like maybe in your fan base you have people who have money but there are also people who don't have money. Yeah. And if you can take a stake in an artist's career starting from one buck, it's definitely great. But if you have to invest 
500 bucks or a thousand bucks to get a, a step in, it's difficult and it's starting yeah. to feel like it's something premium, something like almost like luxury. You know, when I had a uh, Gary V on the podcast, okay, we talked about different trends, like creator trends for uh, Web3 uh, in 2022, okay? And I, I talked to him about like, does he prefer creator coins over NFTs or vice versa? And one thing that he brought up that was interesting, he's like, these coins, these social tokens feel too much like a financial transaction, whereas NFTs have like a different element of uh, collectability to a community, which I agree and I disagree with, right? Like when you think about, um, and, and by the way, like the, the whole premise of Mint is actually around these concepts of social tokens, of tokenized creators and whatnot. So I do see the value in it. But when you hear like naysayers say that, okay, it feels too much like a financial transaction or it feels like too much of, of, uh, of let's say like, uh, I don't know, like a, 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 a stock market of some sort. How do you kind of like, how do you guys think about that? Like, because there's obviously value to it, right? There's obviously value. Like we're seeing people like Daniel Allen, for example, start the overstimulated DAO and accrue 50% of revenue to the DAO, empowering all of the token holders, right? So there's value in these currencies. How do you guys kind of think about that when naysayers hit you with these types of critical points or criticisms for the most part? Um, <clears throat> actually, uh, at Bolero, we think that because the social token is trying to get the physical representation of the, for, not physical, but it's a digital representation of the relation you have with an artist. It's pure, like the value of the social token is purely subjective. It's purely based on emotions. It's purely based on what kind of music is trending. So yes, sure, there is a financial aspect, but we don't think like it's going to overtake the initial promise yeah. behind the social token. Also because, and this is what we are trying to figure out at Borero is how do we make sure that each artist who is releasing the social token is not doing that only to raise funds, but mm -hmm. also to keep a meaningful relationship with their fan base. And um, mm -hmm. for instance, and this is a way for us to like reduce the aspect the financial aspect behind the social token, we are doing a lot of retroactive drops. So for instance, an artist who is uh, minting his social tokens on Bolero will be able to airdrop a lot of tokens to their fans who have like previously bought some merchandising, who went to gigs, uh, who bought some physical uh, albums or CDs. So it's not mandatory to make them costly for the fan. They can jump in for free. If they have been involved mm -hmm. from, from the get-go, then they can jump in for free. So, yeah, this is, this is, I think this is how we reduce the financial aspect, but I can, I can, I can only agree with Gary V uh, because, yeah, there is a financial aspect. But... Yeah. Again, I think that artists rather like to have a financial aspect on their career than becoming a luxury product. Because yeah. again, like the real fans, the one who don't know Web3 at the moment, they will not have the chance to buy the NFTs because it will be too expensive. So how do you do? So maybe you can fractionalize the, the, the NFTs for mm -hmm. sure, but it's complicated. It's complicated regarding the UX, regarding the experience. Like people are used to like click there, buy, ciao, it's done. If you are telling them, okay, so you got to go on this website. Uh, so starting from there, connecting what it is already <laughs> tough for them, for like, right. non-crypto enthusiasts, um, connect your wallet, then buy these tokens which are a representation of this nft that you don't really own but you own this token so you know it's it's starting to be like difficult but i don't know man we'll see yeah um, yeah we're all we're all testing here we're all building in public we're all experimenting one thing you touched upon right now is the value the relationship between the artist and the fan the community okay how do you guys think about utility at Bolero beyond airdropping? Like, are there utility frameworks that you kind of guide your artists who get onboarded onto Bolero? Like, what are the most valuable uh, 
add-ons that creators can implement in their communities. Um, talk to me more about these utility frameworks that you guys kind of think about internally. That's a, that's a pretty good question because this utility you're talking about is like really depends on the creative universe of each right. artist. For instance, if you are like trying to onboard a hip hop artist or rapper, these guys are used to have a close relationship with the fan base. But sometimes maybe you will talk to a pop artist or another musical genre, but these guys don't want to have like proximity with the fans, but still they want to have a relation, but they don't want you know, to take the phone, speak to the camera, hi guys, how are you doing, blah, right. blah, blah. They don't right. want to do that. So right. you have to find the good ways to provide utility behind the tokens based on the creative universe of each artist. So each time an artist comes at Borero and wants to make something meaningful, we are asking them, okay, so how do you like to uh, keep track of your relation with your fans? How do you like to release some tracks, some release some records? How do you like to uh, promote your, I don't know, tours and everything? And then based on this assessment, we are providing uh, ideas. So sometimes like for the most like engaged artists, we will suggest them to bring up a Discord or even just a private WhatsApp group. Uh, sometimes we are suggesting them to create a close friend story on Instagram and each one who has got the token, who is the oh, token holder, okay. will access the close friend story and they will like have insights of what's happening in a typical uh, day uh, in the life of the artist. Mm. Um, and then it's basically discounts on merch. It's basically discounts on uh, concert tickets. Mm -hmm. And um, also what we are trying to do, and I think it's a pretty good way to do that, on Bolero, for sure, we have the social token, but we are also allowing artists to mint NFTs. And sometimes artists are using Bolero to make sure that they're mint. So the initial sale of the NFT is like token gated. So you have to be a token holder to access the NFTs. And it's also a nice way for the artist to make sure that a fan has his chance to access the NFT first thing. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So, okay. So utility frameworks, the concept of social tokens and NFTs, differences and similarities, what they're each used for. Now, when you talk about actual monetization, because a lot of what we're doing here is to basically provide creators the opportunity to be the best version of themselves, right? And okay. to monetize uh, themselves, their brand, and do it in a way where it feels more authentic, more direct to the fan. And the question is, is when you take uh, community building, when you take music creation, when you take uh, uh, all these concepts that you guys are kind of after, what's the real monetization here? Like how does a creator better themselves by using a social token, for example, like where, why is like, why is that a better opportunity to make money, for example, versus let's say issuing editions of their songs, issuing one of ones. Um, and I, I asked this because I saw specifically on Bolero, you guys have this concept of like rewards too, right? So I guess talk to me more about how you guys are thinking about like monetization around these social tokens for the artist. Um, so it's pretty simple, actually, like the framework between monetization, uh, behind monetization, sorry. Um, let's say you take an emerging artist who has 20K followers on Instagram. What is the possibility for him or her to monetize those followers? Sometimes they will have to do some brand partnerships, brand content, um, and they are not all really at ease with that. So sometimes it's easier to release a social token to monetize this fan base than making some brand partnerships. Uh, another important point is sometimes artists are like really seated on like a lot of merch and stocks that were not like sold before. So they have that. And for the fan, the value of these gems, of these items, is like going to the moon because sometimes it's some limited edition or all that stuff. So but you can use the social tokens to reward your holders with those remaining pile of items and merchandising mm -hmm. stuff. So it's a nice way to do that. And um, 
finally, again, I, I and I really insist on that. I don't think that we should like put in opposition the NFTs and the social tokens because I definitely think that an artist should release a social token because it will follow like all the career and all his development. But at different moment of their career, so based on what is going on, if he plans to release some projects, new records, tours, he should leverage the NFT's format to make some more bucks on this. So actually what we're doing on Bolero too is to like, we are providing royalties on the social tokens for the artist. So even if he, so sometimes people think that they can, artists think that they can just make some money at the initial mint, but <clears throat> right. it's wrong. You can still make money and recurring revenue along like during all the lifetime of your asset. So where is the royalty coming from? From their, from their craft, from their music, for example. So that gets like denoted through or captured through the social token value. For the social token, no, it's based on the trades on the okay. market. Okay, so the it. more the social token is got traded, it. the more got they it. earn commissions. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so there's like a rev share going on as well. Okay. Yeah. So I want to I wanna take a moment really quick uh, and actually share my screen and pull up one of the artists, okay? Because I think you guys, you guys have done um, a nice job with basically allowing people to see what the value add is based off the different tiers that they unlock, okay? Mm -hmm. um so let me see if i can share my screen really quick and if i can't share my screen i'll just end up um let's do this chrome tab okay here we are let's see if this works can you see my screen all right okay yep. well done. so so okay so tenka okay uh a trap artist from france okay um and i want to quickly take a look at fan rewards okay and this is actually the most interesting part to me because it feels very much like and i don't want to compare the platform because bolero is its own platform in its own respect but it feels like more of a like a web3 native patreon where depending on the tokens that you buy determines like your access and your till and your, your your utility in the community now that's not a new concept more so i love how you guys kind of structured the tiers because like if you think about it, like traditional SaaS products or traditional creator creator uh, communities, if you're looking at Web2, they have these types of tiers. Like whether like I remember doing research on OnlyFans or doing research on Patreon or Substack, etc. Like you can integrate tiers. So this is kind of like what you guys have done as well. Talk to me more about these like fan rewards. Uh, and does a creator get to choose this? Do you guys work with them to kind of steer the ship as to what they should be charging for each tier. Walk me through how you guys are thinking about this. Yeah, thanks a lot, Adam. Um, so, so, so actually, it's totally customizable okay. by each artist. So each artist chooses the amount of token needed to access a specific reward. So let's take, for instance, this seven token stage. Okay. So on this seven token stage, Tenka oh, is more. telling to the fan base, if you own seven TNK tokens, you will be granted an access to my VIP channel on Discord. If you own 10 tokens, you will be granted a Zoom meeting with me. And it's like, it's like a nice way to reward their fans for sure. the support in the short term. Because obviously, we hope fans are here for the long term. But until the artist is really like propelled forward, they have something to like to enjoy mm -hmm. instantly. Yeah. So this is the purpose of the rewards, and this is how we thought about it. But definitely, each artist is really like choosing each piece of the reward, and it's fully customizable. So we are just here to provide advices if they need, but. Um, they have the hand on this. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed that's uh, unique, uh, the whole, I'm curious to learn more about like the tokenomics. Okay. Because you see total issued tokens uh, out of total tokens. So uh, 7.2K tokens out of 18K tokens issued. How do you guys think about tokenomics? Is that also flexible uh, in the creator's point of view? And, and I ask this again from a macro state, because a lot of what we're seeing right now, we're seeing a lot of communities or creators do like a million or a hundred thousand or 10 million, right? Yeah. And have that That's locked crazy. in a reserve. So like, yeah. how do you guys think about the tokenomics behind all these creator coins? 
Mm, that's a pretty good question. So, 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 so back to what I was saying just before, you know, I was uh, introducing the topic of the index we have coded okay. to assess each artist. Thanks to this index, we are giving to each artist a valuation in dollars, in USD. And based, so let's say that an artist comes to Bolero, he says, okay, what is my valuation based on my score? We will tell him, for instance, your valuation is at $1 million. And uh, we can simply ask him, what would be the best starting price for you? Like, mm -hmm. what would be, like, what kind of initial price you would like to put in? If he says $1, then we will create 1 million tokens. So everything is based, it's simply like the valuation we give divided by the starting price. So this is why it is rational. And also the supply is fixed. So it gives some scarcity to the social token. And uh, just for you to know, each time an artist joins Bodero and mint the social token, uh, he will be granted 20% of the supply in a vault. Yeah. So that he can be also incentivized on uh, the value of, uh, of his tokens. And um, actually, it gives a little bit more trust for the fans because they feel like, okay, we are all in the same boat. Like, if the, art, like, the artist has a lot of interest to see the tokens gaining value. So it's cool. What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause. I wanted to give some love to our two NFT sponsors that are making this episode a reality. They are Coinvise and Polygon Studios. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more today by visiting coinvise.co. Polygon Studios is the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon, who's focused on growing the blockchain gaming and NFT industry while bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. The Polygon Studios ecosystem comprises highly loved blockchain games like OpenSea, Upshot, Avagachi, Zedrun, Skyweaver, Decentraland, and Decentral Games. If you're a gamer, builder, or NFT creator looking to join the Polygon Studios ecosystem, get started today by visiting polygonstudios.com. All right, back to the episode. You know, this reminds me, uh, Mint Season 1, I had this gentleman by the name of uh, Dave Young, okay? He has the PlayCoin. It's a really, really cool ecosystem and many really cool utility frameworks, which is why I brought him on. But uh, he shared this interesting insight where when the market tanks and all the holders like tank with the market it actually okay sure like it sucks it's annoying but it ends up bringing the community closer together right so whether whether the community's down whether the community's up you actually inquire like you experience this interesting like i guess social psychological like effect yeah, where the community thing. bonds bonds over that <laughs> it's like when the market tanks and uh, and all of crypto Twitter starts memeing. You know how they're starting to work at McDonald's, or they're gonna start be doing all <laughs> all these things that because they're just like a bunch of, of poor degens that are rich on paper, for example. Uh, so this is like these are like some of the things that I'm thinking about when okay, like why why invest in an artist through a social token versus collecting their their editions or their one of one music, right? I do see the value in it, and but I do think it takes a specific user to actually understand what it is to, and what it means to actually buy uh, an asset that fluctuates more like a currency versus a collectible. So when you guys are trying to identify these users for the artists that you're bringing on, um, what is the idea, like the ideal demographic? Like, do you use, like, do they use their traditional channels through like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat to bring in collectors? Are they trying to tap into a new group of, of users in Web3 um, that understand more of the concept of tokenomics? Like, Walk me through that. Like, how do you actually find these collectors, these these end users who not only like the music but understand the financialization behind uh, supporting an artist? Yeah, sure. So, so, so this this is like a really important question because uh, it is where it gets interesting. Actually, um, we have so we have uh, designed two types of uh, targets and two types of collectors. We have on the one hand what we call the music lovers. So they are the ones who are not like well-educated about crypto and they will jump in the social tokens or the NFTs just because they are loving a specific artist. So they will jump in because they will follow an artist and they want to get closer to him. Yeah. 
And on the other hand, we have what we call the crypto enthusiasts, which are obviously people already familiar with crypto, and they are seeking new kind of tokens and new kind of opportunities to diversify their investment, but in a nice way because it's all driven by emotions and music. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah. we are definitely using traditional channels such as Instagram, Twitter, um, but we are also trying to reach out to crypto enthusiasts uh, on a daily basis. But the thing is, we are trying to build this product for the users, for the artists also for sure, but we are like shaping each feature based on what we see during our user research sessions, uh -huh. um, based on the feedback that we have. And um, the new type of user that we are seeing emerging, uh, lastly, is what we call now the music diggers. So these guys are like really like uh, able to find new gems and new talented artists. So their passion is to find the next star. And uh, what they love to do is to simply browse the catalog, listen to music, discover new artists, and based on what they feel when like jumping in the artist creative universe, they will decide to invest or not. But you also have to keep in mind that we are really trying to onboard regular user on this solution. We are not trying to build a product which is only triggering crypto enthusiasts. So, I think today it's much more like understandable for someone who is uh, a stranger to this crypto world to invest in a social token than invest in NFTs. Mm -hmm. Because when you are talking to your neighbor or someone who doesn't understand anything about Ethereum or Web3, they will be like, what are you doing? You are like collecting digital copies of this track, yeah. but I don't understand why. So until they, ha they have made their way through the rabbit hole, they will not be able to seize the value of this amazing asset, yeah. which is the NFT. But it's super easy for them to understand that they can buy a stake in an artist carrier with the social token. They will be like, okay, so it's like a digital card, like a digital membership card, or it's yeah. like a stock. So it's like easier to understand, I think. Yeah. You know what? The way I kind of I'm starting to understand it more and, and to think about it more deeply is the social tokens are like non-equity shares, okay? And the collectibles and the one-of-ones and the additions that are in the format of like NFTs, whatever token standard of an NFT it is, are what drive a lot of the revenue that then gets circulated back into pumping the value of the social token, for example, right? So beyond trading, beyond investing, beyond buying into it, there's also the element of the appreciation or depreciation. And that comes from uh, the value accrued by its other assets. So let's talk like a real world scenario because I don't want to just theor theoretize or yeah, whatever sure. the word is, right? Talk about theory, okay? So artists go and play at Coachella. They sell their tickets uh, as NFTs, okay? And the revenue accrued from playing that show as an artist, part of that gets sent back into the DAO or the social token treasury, okay? So from performing to selling tickets, some of that revenue goes back into the treasury. Uh, selling uh, digital fandom, part of that revenue goes back into the treasury to support token holders. Uh, selling one of ones, like selling actual uh, uh, your music on-chain, part of that goes back into the treasury to, to boost the token value. Um, selling additions, selling all these other assets that may be formed in NFTs, later then accrue back to the social token, back to the treasury, and makes everybody happy. So I kind of see the social token, like on one element, like the NFT could be the access point in the membership that lets you in like the top level funnel. But I also see the social token as being the entry point as well. And all these additional assets linking back to that social token that ends up driving its value up or down, right? I think it's a model that makes a lot of sense, honestly. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just like recapping based off... <clears throat> learning lessons from season one, two, three, and now four, uh, and seeing how people are kind of approaching this across other crowdfunding sites like Mirror or or the list goes on and on, right? Not important to name, okay? Uh, but what do you uh, think about yeah. that? Like, does that model make sense? Because I do see, again, the element of buying NFTs as a membership and like getting into the funnel and then kind of like figuring out your monetization as you kind of uh, go. Uh, but I also see the ability to buying a social token and that being the ultimate funnel and then all that other revenue generated from all these additional 
uh, assets via yeah. NFTs kind of accruing back. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very much thinking out loud. No, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because um, I've never like put the thing in perspective, but actually you're right. Uh, it's, it's kind of a virtual circle, but like you told something really interesting here. You talked about DAO treasury. Right. And this is an important criteria regarding investing in an artist because I don't think that a lot of artists are ready to set up a DAO treasury behind a project and allowing people to have a look at it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe some artists will, will, like, will be at ease with that. And I think it will be like far more independent artists. But I really think that the dynamic between the social token and the NFT is more related to the project cycle during the artist career. Mm -hmm. So let, let's say on average, it takes 18 months for an artist to release a new album today. Okay. Um, what happens during those 18 months of producing, recording, adjusting, mixing? You have the social token which is living. You can tease the fan base. Right. You can you can deal like you can do a lot of stuff. You can also like give some part of decisions to your fan base. You can ask them what would be the best cover art for the album. You can ask them uh, what would be like uh, the first track to be released. But at the end, where NFTs gets interesting and also help to pump the social token is when you release exclusive NFTs related to this record because you have been working on it during 18 months. So you have a lot of art and you also have a lot of studio outtakes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, you know, some records, some featurings will not fit the artistic direction of this record. But it doesn't mean you have to let this record slip in a hardware. Right. You can release it. And I'm sure that your hardcore fans will love to collect it because they will feel it's, it's a piece of history. It's sure. a piece of the creative universe that you can own. And so, so actually, I think that social tokens are here to support the career during like um, quiet times and during touring times. And then the NFTs are here to support the artist to leverage all the creations he has done um, yeah. in the last months. I think, I, I, okay, so this is sparking a new thought, okay? I think a lot of artists, a lot of creators who are entering the space, who've already been into the space, they're going to realize down the line they're going to encounter a problem, okay? And the problem is this. They're going to have all these different types of assets on chain asset is a very like subjective word okay mm -hmm. an asset can yeah. be a ticket it could be fandom it could be a one of one it could be additions of music it could be sure. it could be anything anything that's minted yeah. on chain that's each going to have their own respective mm -hmm. value a lot of artists are going to have all these different collectors and, and shit like scattered everywhere online <clears throat> and i think their biggest challenge is going to be actually aggregating all that value into one asset Okay, like their own like index, for example, like their own ETF of some sort. Okay? And this is where the social token. And that's is. where the social token comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I actually I, I truly believe that because like the value needs to come back to one thing. Okay, everything can have its own value. Every asset can have its own individual value. But for me, it makes sense. Like, okay, what is that one thing that I'm buying into that allows me to accrue all that value for 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 whatever reason? So maybe it's less of actually like staking the assets themselves more so accruing some of the revenue back to that mm. treasury for example but i i don't think enough artists are exploring that concept right they like in their like for the right reasons too right not shitting on anyone rather this all this shit it's like so difficult to understand yeah, and catch up sure. with um but i don't know like this this sparks like an entire new thought and an entire new model of like how creators should actually be thinking about their on-chain assets and really being strategic with what they issue and then how that accrues back to benefit all their collectors and the entire ecosystem. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. And, and, and I couldn't agree more because what I am seeing and what the team is seeing from where we are is that artists are also starting to be diluted. They are minting here. They are minting on this platform. Yeah. They are minting on Solana. They are minting on Ethereum. They are minting right. like, like everywhere. So, so how do you aggregate all those pieces of content? Yeah. And how do you make sure that you are offering the same like quality experience to the user 
based on which platform you have chosen. So, 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 so it's pretty difficult. And, and, and obviously, I agree with you. The social token is the aggregator of the value you are sharing with your fans. Yeah. And I think it's the best way to sum it up. But it, NFTs also have a lot of value. Sure, for sure. But what about the off-chain value? Let's talk about the value that doesn't live on-chain yet. For example, like streaming royalties or revenue paid out from YouTube or TikTok, right? These core mm-hmm. platforms that actually help build audiences and are the main drivers of revenue today. So like that whole mechanic of bringing something off-chain on-chain is still really broken, right? So if you start a DAO right now and you start like a music DAO and you tell your collectors X amount of royalties are going to be circled back into the treasury, you're really just trusting the person that that's actually going to happen. Like there are no dashboards for me to actually see the the the, the streaming data and how what that accrues to ro- to revenue and how that kind of comes back into the treasury, which by the way is like a whole nother product and a whole nother yeah. business within itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like bringing the off-chain value on-chain so that again, it all crews down to that one funnel. Whether or not, again, this is the right model or not, this is mm-hmm. something that I, I'm just like building upon as as we kind of break this further. Yes. So, so actually, I think it's a little bit too early sure. to bring everything which is off-chain on-chain because uh, obviously there are a lot of technical limitations today. Sure. Uh, imagine each time you want to stream a track, you have to wait for the transaction to be validated, and then yeah. <laughs> you, have, like, yeah. you have no time. Let alone get paid get paid every quarter <laughs> just for the revenue that you that you accumulate, and that within itself is a is a headache. Yeah, and and uh, and also there are a lot of gatekeepers. If you want to put like if you want to set up that you have to yeah. like make sure that DistroKid, TuneCore, Believe, AWOL, all these companies, all these distributors are on, are on board. And I'm not sure that they will all find their value. It's almost this. as if you need to start a DAO and create this asset that's collectively owned by them, right? And they they, they band together to basically drive this new wave of music adoption of technology right maybe and, man maybe and, and actually maybe they will find a way to to have like a common standard or a common yeah. protocol to address this yeah. issue and to administrate all the royalties on chain but then it's like it's a it's very like, like lovey so yeah yeah <laughs> it's so difficult getting so one party to do it yeah 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 uh, it's yeah. So, so 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 i'm pretty sure it's coming and it's yeah. coming hard so we better be ready, and um, yeah, and 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 I can tell you that even if today we are trying to have a breakthrough with social token NFTs, we are already thinking about that at Borero. So yeah, but I think not before twenty twenty three. Uh, I mm. think yeah, it's still mm-hmm. it's still too early. Like I can I can tell you today, distributors are only experimenting with NFTs with a merchandising aspect. Mm-hmm. How can we sell some digital merch? So they are yeah. really far from all this, uh, yeah, loyalty issue and redistribution issue. Yeah, another thing that comes to mind, um, and it, if for those who are actively listening to Mint, I thank you, and you'll realize that this is a question that I start bringing up with more and more uh, founders or investors is this concept of music labels transitioning into like on-chain creative hedge funds. Right? I love Which, this idea. Right, I love like. It. Right. So like, okay, in actuality, there already are hedge funds, like they're already making bets with their capital and their time, and their resources, but they're doing it in very like, uh, I, from what I understand, I've never been through one of these from what I've been told in very constrictive ways, right? They end up owning the person and artists get cut out in really like shitty deals. Like they'll, they'll get like an upfront of like half a mil, but have to give up 80% of their revenue, for example. Right. But this model will soon become outdated, I believe with the introduction of all these on-chain assets, right? And we talked about this again, one of one NFTs, okay? Uh, uh, additions, social tokens, digital merch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these assets are going to be on-chain. Do you imagine a world where the record label ends up actually being the asset purchaser, right? And ends up acquiring all these assets as a way to kind of reap the profits of their traditional model, um, do you, so I guess in short, like, do you imagine these record labels end, ending up becoming like web three native, like digital asset hedge funds <laughs> for the most man, part? Man, man, I, I couldn't agree more again. Uh, it's, and do you believe me if I tell you that it's happening right now? Yeah, that makes sense. Because man, I like, mean, we're seeing like, we're seeing DAOs, like collector DAOs pop up, right? But we're not, we yeah. haven't seen like 
an Atlantic Records or a Universal Music Group or an Interscope really form their own DAOs and explore this sub niche? They could be doing it, investing in other DAOs. Like, definitely could be a thing. Like, like, like let's say, let's say, let's take a simple example for the ones who are listening to us. Um, let's say that you have a producer, a famous producer, uh, who is selling uh, an instrumental. Uh, so the masters related to this in instrumental as an NFT. What is like, what would do a major or someone who is working in a record label? He will want to buy this piece of master to let his artists or their artists put something on it and sing on it. So you will see there will be a new way to produce records, to craft creative ideas around the fact that what kind of masters I've been able to purchase on the market. So you would see more and more things like that. And I also think, and deeply in my mind, and I think that people are meant to do that actually, and they are already, because of the figures, they are already doing that, but fans will become the new A&Rs. So fans will be the one who will tell which artist is going to pop up and which artist is really Today, it's already the case, but it's through like streaming statistics. Now you but, will be able to see how many people are really like investing in an artist and supporting him. So you will also have metrics and insights about, would it be a good idea if I buy this artist master next yeah. month? So yeah, this is so, why I really so, so just so I understand. So when you say fan, are you implying one party as a fan buying it? Or do you imagine a fan could also be a record label as well or like a fund as well? No, actually, when I when I'm when I'm saying fan is uh, it's someone who is not working in the music industry. Okay, it's someone okay. who is just consuming music, who is Got only it. listening to music. Got it. How do we make more listeners collectors? Because if you're a collector, you're likely a listener. But if you're a listener, you're not likely a collector. Mm, good question. Um, first out um, by onboarding more artists. Okay. Because today, uh, like just for the record, I. I know so many people who are really enthusiastic about this whole music NFTs space, but they will not jump in until their favorite artists jump in. So they will follow these guys because they are the opinion leaders. So they are waiting for them. So this is, I think, the first out. Second out, um, I think that we need to find the best practices and we need to finish our experimentations mm -hmm. to define the market standards. Uh, this is what we are trying to do at Bolero with our four NFT types. We are trying to make it easy to understand and not going in any kind of uh, way, you know, uh, because an artist can be really creative. But if you if you're not providing scope, sometimes it's difficult for the fans to like find uh, good mm -hmm. pieces of content that they understand. So, yeah, uh, I think that once we will have uh, the standards, the best practices, people will see um, similarities, common aspects between different artists' NFTs, and um, they will like more related, re related yeah. to, to, to these NFTs. Yeah, make, makes sense. Um, I'm so glad we're as early as we are and we get to see this stuff happen in real time. Uh, me as, like a, as a documenter, you as a builder, um, it's definitely a very, very exciting point uh, to, to be in, in, in history and technology. Um, like, which... honestly, it's still a blank page. Yeah. We are yeah. so much work to do. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's the most satisfying emotion that you can have when you are in this sure. space is, <laughs> but it also, it also someone... makes you super anxious too, because you're like, fuck, like, where do I go? What's my direction? What's the first <laughs> step? Like, what do we do? Because oh, you don't say, you, you, you like, you're just throwing shit at the fan always, you know, you're just always like everybody, I mean, not everybody, but I feel like many people are building in public and many people are experimenting and concept of social tokens, concept of NFTs is going to be likely new standards. There's probably going to be something after NFTs that everybody's going to latch onto at some point that they're going to realize it's going to be able to drive more value than, than, than the NFT standard for whatever reason. So yeah, I'm just going on a tangent here and sharing my excitement. <laughs> but, but, uh, man, and, uh, I'm super excited too. And, and just put those things in perspective. Look back six months ago or eight months ago. 
Yeah. It was not the same statement. Like layer twos were not uh, yeah. like mainstream. They were not. Uh, it's, no. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, man, it was it was it was something else. So 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 I really believe and 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 sorry for that and sorry for the one who listened to us. But I really think that there will there will be a market cleaning though, uh, because I think that there are too many projects, too many stuff scams yeah. uh, around there. Yeah. Uh, and just after this market cleaning, we will find like true foundations of all this music NFT space. And yeah. I think that it will be a, a really like nice, nice time. To, yeah. to, to, to really quick. Now that I've been like marinating more in our conversation, okay. And we're coming towards the end. One quick question, which I asked them, I asked this from a very like dumb point of view, the pool of money that the artist uh, accumulates through the, the, the social token. Okay. Do they have direct access to that? Is their access limited? Can they just take the money and run? Like, what's the security level behind that for collectors? Mm, um, so actually, we don't have. Uh, we are not like locking the phones because. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So 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 the phones are directly going straight from the smart contract to the artist wallet. So they are receiving the phones directly. Oh. But what we do here, it's like there's no free lunch. Mm. It's not an open door. So artists, before being able to release their ERC20 tokens, they will have to show us and show to the music department they are, that they are serious in this dynamic. And mm -hmm. they will have to prove that they have 12 months in front of them where they are going to bring up value, record some stuff, release some tracks, and you know return value to the users and to the fans. So actually, we are trying to really give a lot of freedom to the artist. Uh, mm -hmm. He can benefit from like from the turnover and the gains directly because maybe he needs it to produce some new records. Um, but then we are like supporting him also. We are like really following up, checking in, and uh, we are doing that for the users because even if we are decentralized, non-custodial, so even if even if Bolero disappears, the social tokens in the, in the NFTs will right. remain. But... We are here to curate and to support. So this is where we as a company are bringing value. Yeah. So are these tokens on Polygon, on Ethereum, on Solana? Where are they? Polygon, man. Polygon, okay. Polygon, okay. definitely. Okay. So we're seeing a lot of activity on Polygon, okay? We're seeing, obviously, they raised money. They're acquiring companies. I think they just also brought in the head of YouTube gaming to be the CEO of yeah, Polygon Studio, yeah, which today. is huge. Mm. Um, so they're heavily, they're also like full transparency, a, a sponsor of this podcast, right? So actually, just to say it even more, like your correlation being on Polygon had no correlation to them sponsoring. Rather, I just saw it on the website that it's an overlap. But I find it interesting because these L2s are critical for actually allowing scalability for more micro collectors, people that don't have thousands of ethereum you know to buy and spend 100 200 500 on gas it, it's important to, to to implement these these l2s as a way to kind of scale what creators want to do in their their own economy so what do you think is 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 next for bolero and how are l2s enabling that so actually what we are trying to achieve at bolero is to offer a real social experience Okay. So because we believe that music is profoundly social, it's profoundly something that you are experiencing with your friends, we believe that you should be able to invest with your friends. So, what, so what we are trying to achieve at Bolero and Layer 2s are definitely helping in that way, um, we are trying to provide an experience in which you will be able to see what the influencer you, you, you love are investing in, you will be able to invest together, you will be able to do lot of you know actions in app and you will be able to to experience a lot of interactions in app so that we can be more than just a music assets exchange because it's not the mission the mission is to get fans and artists closer together so you have to uh, yeah provide an experience in which they can interact so i think that this is the the most important challenge for bolero uh, helping people to have are a really like delightful experience in app um and also i think that the real goal behind that because it's more like product related and user experience related but the real goal regarding scalability and again layer twos are helping that way 
the real goal is to get on board the next million of regular users. And I'm not talking about the crypto enthusiast here. Like early adopters are super valuable. They are super helping with feedback and all that stuff. But we will, we will, we will provide a real revenue to artists when we will have onboarded the regular users. So mm-hmm. the one who are just here for the music and not mm-hmm. only for the assets. Yeah. Interesting. Look, dude, I'm excited for you guys. Uh, I think what you guys are after and what you're tackling is super unique um, and really makes you guys stand out. Uh, we should definitely do this again in a few months and catch up what the current state of social tokens are because I think 2022 is the year uh, of social tokens. So uh, first of all, thank you for being on. I think it's a great place to wrap up. Before I let you go, though, okay, where can we find you? Where can we find Bolero? Uh, give us the details. Thank you, Adam. Um, so, so, so basically, you can access Bolero on uh, boleromusic.com. Obviously, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter too. It's William Bailey, um, and uh, yeah, I'd be happy to always down for a conversation. So, feel free to hit me up. Amazing, dude. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for having me. Bye, bye, Adam. <laughs>